Give a fuck about a hater That broke shit get old Ain't gonna give me run no ho shit These ho get too bold I'm allergic to that no shit My wrist game on cold I might pick my coupe white Just to match with my toes Boom Welcome to episode 22 of Black Explaining the Podcast um, We have another special guest Who at this point is just a friend of the podcast um, What's going on, sir? Hanging out Just left the gym This is a uh... Thin Cruel Lips on all social media. Thin.cruel.lips on all social media platforms. I go by the name Sasha. Just a nigga with sense. Period. <laughs> Period. Okay. Um, so, yeah. You know, we... This week I got some stuff to get off my chest. Okay? Specifically because, one... I feel like you niggas are letting a lot of the message of, like, the broke nigga discourse go over your head. Um, Specifically when it relates to, like, birthday dinners, events, and activities. And also, like, um, this new brand of, like, alpha male podcasts when they're talking about, like, um, you know, like, women as, like, a means to, like, boost your own, like, I don't know, like financial success. I don't know. Like there's a new brand of alpha male podcast out there that like they have gotten off of the, you know, um, women should be docile, you know, women should submit, blah, 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 you know, angry Andrew Tate. And now they're just kind of like, well, women are the reason we're not making any money. And I would also like to discuss that because specifically, well, first, before I go on a tangent, um, let's just We're just going to straight up ambush Sasha because this nigga has never been to a birthday dinner. And um, I I would like an explanation right now because like, who the fuck doesn't go to, like, you ain't never been to the Cheesecake Factory with no bitch on her birthday. Like, come on. Like, how you never been to a birthday dinner? Uh, I mean, I don't have a lot of friends. Uh, (laughs) But also, I feel like, like, my question is like, why is the birthday dinner paramount like me i'm a big nigga obviously uh six feet tall 210 pounds i like to eat so like if i have lived somewhere for a year i have eaten at all the places i want to eat at i want to do something extravagant for my birthday i don't want to have 10 people at a restaurant i don't even want to sit <laughs> like i want to like why is that the most com- like is it is it the lowest common denominator kind of event that you can just have x amount of friends meet you at the buffalo wild wings or some you know fancy equivalents down the street is that is that why we do the birthday dinner so often no it's like well at least for me like the birthday dinner is always like the jumping off point like i got like because i ain't got that many friends either so it's like me and like all of the five closest people in the world to me we at the fucking cheesecake factory or some shit like that before you know we go do drugs and go to the club or like whatever fucking activity we have planned for that evening but it's always a jumping off point because we're all about to be drunk so you know we got to eat so we're not throwing up at the club and you know some of us are like a little bit more chill especially for like the chiller friends that I have like they probably not going to be teed at the club so this is their opportunity to participate in the discourse before we get to the club and they just want to sit in the corner and hold all our jackets. Like, because there's a spectrum of friends, especially in black friend groups, like, you know, you got the 
the one bitch that's gonna get drunk and she's gonna stand on a table and she's gonna shake her ass like this is coyote ugly. And then you got the other bitch who is like ready to do like three shots of Hennessy and then fight a six foot, 210 pound nigga. And then you got the other bitch that's like, you know, she's respectable. She's sitting down. She's holding everybody's purses. And, you know, she don't really want to turn up. So the Cheesecake Factory is her element. And then the other two are just miscellaneous. So they could really go either way. They could either want to turn up or they can want to just like, get in the bed. But the birthday dinner is always the the jumping off point to the other activities. Well, see, here's the thing. If you got five friends, then I really don't understand the birthday dinner. If you have 12 friends, you obviously, you know, you're all busy, you're moving, you're shaking, whatever. And this is your opportunity to get all 12 of these people, the 12 people you love the most in the same place. But if you got five, I just saw at least two of them in the last 30 days. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, why do I need to see y'all again on my birthday when I could just, like, so I had a friend, we were having the birthday dinner conversation, and this was before it, like, went viral, but she says, I don't really do a birthday dinner. Uh, her thing is, on her birthday, she tries to have a new sexual experience. Could be something vanilla, like, you know, eating a nigga's ass, or, like, I think she fucked a white guy, like, two years ago. And oh, literally vanilla. Okay. Or she throws like a themed party. It was actually there's actually a picture from that party on my uh, Instagram. But she went to at then dot cool dot lips. You want to see that? She went to um she had a theme party and the last theme was 106 in Park. So she had like a Beyonce fit and then she had her second outfit of the night, which was a Missy Elliott fit. No, sorry, it was Missy Elliott then Beyonce, obviously. But um, obviously, I was I was Lil Wayne, so you know I'm. Had it with dreads. It was a pretty pretty easy one for me. I just had a bandana on. <laughs> Everyone was telling me though because I had a blue bandana and they were like, "Lil Wayne was blood. It should have been red." And I was like, "You can't find red bandanas too too frequently anymore." <laughs> like people try not to sell those, but I found a blue one at the Dollar General. So okay, see that's yeah, I just candy. and I yeah, like, if, it's, if it's a celebration of your life, why do some shit that you could do every weekend like? But going to the club, going to eat, and going to the club is something you can do every weekend. Like, do stuff. Go on vacation. My, I had another friend. I mean, she got money, money, but uh, she went to like Tulum for like two weeks for her birthday. Look, I travel pretty frequently throughout the normal year as well. So, like, taking a trip on my birthday, especially because like there, I my friends, I have a a, a spectrum of friends, and not nobody is going to be able to afford to go on a trip on my on my just. Well, this birthday. girl went. This girl went by herself for two weeks. Like well, she, she's a yeah, she's a she's white, but she's a doctor. I think just actually just became fully licensed as like a doctor. So like oh, okay. her life was like school, 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 school. Turn up with my homegirls, booked and busy. Ah, 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 and then it was like, okay, I'm going to take these next two weeks to literally sit in a hut and meditate. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that for white women because, you know, the white community definitely does need to take some time to do some meditation. Um, But personally, I'm just like, I have, I just recently got to the point where I can like do kind of like rich nigga shit. And I'm just not there yet. Like I, and especially because my birthday is literally like, it's always Thanksgiving. So nobody ever wants to go anywhere. And then additionally, like, if I'm not there, like, I got a black ass mama that's like, oh, well, you don't want to be around your family for the holidays type. Sh-. So it just never works out with regards to timing. And it just, I think yeah, that was her like, uh, issue, too. Yeah. Her birthday is like on, her birthday is on Christmas. So <laughs> she didn't, yeah, she didn't have a choice except to be by herself. 
Yeah, that that just can't happen. I can't miss no holidays with no black family. That's how you get kicked out. And then they start spreading rumors that you're the crackhead of the family. Like, yeah, that's why she not at Thanksgiving because she I, somebody caught her in the bathroom with a crack pipe in her hand. Like, that's how rumors get started. So additionally, I think there's also like a misconception about like birthday dinners because like niggas like the from the discourse that I've heard, like niggas are acting like, you know, the, I live in the Midwest. OK, so the places that I'm going to are either like super cool, like local black owned restaurants or like I'm at like some chain that just has like fancy food because all of the establishments that are like exclusive and like you can get market priced shrimp and lobster and shit. They're so white that they would call the police on me if I even visited their website. Like there's no chance that I'm going to these establishments on my birthday. Like I do not want to be racially harassed. So yeah, I live in the Midwest. We don't have a ton of shit to do here anyway. So that's why like when I heard like birthday dinner, I'm like, okay, you and your friends are going to like, maybe you have a reservation. Maybe you just walk the fuck in, but I'm like, you're literally just like sitting down to have dinner. And in those cases, like motherfuckers just handle what they handle. Like if I'm with like my sister, like people that are related to me, if I want my sister, my sister usually pays for me. She pay for herself. Maybe she'll pay for one other person. But if I'm with my friends, the expectation is that, you know, we not balling out of control. So I'm cool if everybody just paying for what they order. That's the, I think that's what I have the, the confusion on is like the financial discourse because I'm like, where the fuck are y'all going? Or at the end of this dinner, it's $2,000 and everybody's sitting up here arguing because they don't want to split it. Like, I, I don't understand that. Additionally, I'm usually also the friend that just has to pay for everything because my friends ain't got no money. And I'm cool with that. So that's why I never understood why people were like, so up in arms about the financial part of the birthday dinner. Because I'm like, if I got to pay for this whole motherfucking thing, I'm chilling. I usually have to pay for the whole dinner. Or if I have to split it evenly and I didn't even fucking order anything, I don't care. Like going out to eat is literally a luxury. Like I got food at the crib that I never eat because I don't fucking cook. Like I'm I'm the one putting (laughs) myself in this situation. Like I literally told my best friend who was just here for a sleepover two weeks ago, all she wanted to do was make was brownies. And I'm like, there's no cooking that happens in this kitchen, bitch. I'm not washing the dish. I'm not dealing with this hot ass stove. And I'm not, no, we're not cooking in this house. It's not fucking happening. So if I got to go like spend some bread at dinner, I'm going to do it because who's going to cook? Not me. It's not happening. I'm not cooking. So you were... So you are on the side of if you host a birthday dinner, you you paying for everybody? I'm not on that side whatsoever. I am on <laughs> like, especially because like I feel like the nigga that said that shit, like, okay, mister, I just got an influencer bag. Because when you was just like a little nigga, you know, working your corporate job in fucking Dallas, Texas, if somebody asked you to spend two bands on a birthday dinner, you finna sit up here and you finna square up on that nigga. Like, that's just is what it is. However, if I had an event, because that's the thing, like if I had a birthday event, like let's say I'm hosting some shit and I'm doing like a sip and paint and, you know, we we all in here, we got wine, we got art materials. I would pay because it is my event. Like I'm hosting an event. But if we're going to fucking dinner, like my nigga, run your fucking pockets. Like if you want to split it evenly, that's fine. If you want to just pay for what you ordered, that's fine. But if it's fucking 15 of y'all niggas and you out here subbing asparagus for potatoes and you getting a side of this and a side, don't fucking fuck with your server like that. Just split it evenly and get the fuck out of her face. Like 
she don't want to be here just like you don't want to be here since y'all hate birthday dinner so much. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it was a conspiracy on his part. I feel like it was either he posted that either because A, he knew it was like a divisive topic and he wanted to be like the, 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 the talk of the town for a week or, and this might be more likely, but I think as an influencer, when you're an influencer and you're in the influencer spaces, you have to like rub shoulders with other influencers. So I think this motherfucker is getting invited to a birthday dinner every 15 minutes with a motherfucker he don't even really like, but they got a blue check, so he got to go. That's true. Now he's like, you got a blue check. He's like, I just got my blue check. You done had a blue check for two years. I know you got money. And I know you got money, and you got money, and you got money. Y'all need to pay for me if y'all gonna have me out here hobnobbing to, <laughs> to, you know, shoulder rubbing and doing all this. I don't think he's talking to his real friends for real. Not at all. Like, why, would, no. why would you put that out there for your... If you, cause it's, how many followers does he have? Probably like, he's got a blue check. Let's assume it's 300,000 on TikTok. Um, if you out here hop, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not talking to his five closest friends that he really wants at this dinner, telling them, oh, I'm, you know, you should pay. He's not talking to them because he, he don't care if his, you know, his bestie split the bill or he paid for them or whatever. I think he's talking to the other influencers he's in the circles with that he's tired of going to their events and spending bread after bread after bread when he don't really got it like that. We all know you don't make that much money on TikTok. You make like, like, you have to have like millions of views on TikTok to really like have pay for everybody money i know he's got i seen him in an ad once for like glasses i know he's getting a, a check here and there but this motherfucker still probably got a normal ass job <laughs> so having a normal ass job and having a blue check you're in a tight space <laughs> yeah. i'm like i understand that like you know the discourse is led by influencers because it's happening on fucking tiktok and like i feel you like if this is like a birthday dinner for another influencer this is a networking event i need you to use your corporate credit card and i need you to submit this for reimbursement okay because i'm not gonna sit up here and play with you you invited me somewhere and these fucking everything on this fucking menu has market price on it okay i'm not fucking with you like i i'm not doing this okay when i have like if I have ever gone somewhere, also, like, I did not have, like, real adult friends until I was, like, 24, and I am 26. <laughs> like, I used to be at a birthday dinners with my mama, okay? And I'm not splitting shit with my mama, okay? I don't care. If I'm out at dinner with my parents, I'm not paying for a goddamn thing. To this day, like, if I borrow $50 from my mama, you're not getting it back, sis, okay? It's mine. <laughs> when you handed it over, it was the exchange of ownership, okay? So... That's also why I'm like, why I feel differently about this because I'm like, as, and also like, why the fuck does it matter? You know, like when you got like friends and shit, like shit like that does not matter to you. Like if I am like, if it's my birthday and I just ordered like, you know, the most expensive meal on the menu and some shit like that. And then I ask everybody like, you know, do we just want to split this evenly or do you want to just like pay for what you order? If like, if that makes you hot in the panties, you don't fuck with that bitch anyway. Like if somebody just asking you, how would you like to pay for this evening makes you feel like I'm going to hit that bitch in her face. You don't like her. That's the issue here. Like why do y'all keep hanging out with people you don't like? And that's what I don't understand. Like I have never in my life sat down and had a meal with a bitch that I would fight if I caught her alone in the streets. That's too much chaos. Like, I think that's the real issue here. Like, why are y'all going to fucking dinners with people that make you want to fucking square up with them because they asked you a question? Like, 
I think we should first seek therapy as a collective. And then secondarily, you know, maybe we should scale back on the amount of events we go to if it makes us so violent to discuss how we got to pay for it. Like, maybe we should just rethink, you know, this it's not good for us to be this angry over the Cheesecake Factory, okay? Everything on this menu is $35. Y'all knew that when you walked in here. So what? Like, why you want to fight? Okay, that not that what Drake said? Why you want to fight with me at Cheesecake? You know I want to get it. Say I'm acting light-skinned, I can't take you nowhere. Exactly. You can't take niggas nowhere. Like, why the fuck are y'all in this establishment, in these people's establishment, getting ready to fight? Because I just asked you, well, do you want to pay for that side of potatoes you ordered? And you looking at me like, bitch, you a potato. Like, what does that even mean? Are you going to pay for it or not? Like, what's going on? Who's paying for it? It has to get paid for regardless. That's why you just, you take that birthday dinner money and you just go to Tulum. You just take a vacation, be by yourself. See? All right. I know everyone wants people to get together and like celebrate their life, but half these motherfuckers don't want to be. I remember once, you know how the girls will do the whole thing where like they all wear the same color on the birthday dinner sometimes? I've never seen that a day in my life. It's a very popular thing. I think amongst black women, period, but I see it a lot in Detroit. Um, like there's always like a group with the same shade. Okay. Like, whenever come a bouncer on the weekend, so like when DJ's like, where the birthday girls at? You'll always see like groups of girls being like, woo! And like you look to the left, all the girls are wearing like seafoam green. You look to the right, all the girls are wearing magenta. It's like, all right, so you're clearly like the birthday party. Love that for me. I'm not even going at this point. But yeah, I feel like, oh no, I was having a conversation one time where this girl was like shopping for a dress for her friend's birthday dinner. And she was like so mad because she's like, oh, she wants all of us to wear brown. I fucking hate brown. Uh, and I'm just like, then don't go. <laughs> like, you're supposed to be celebrating this person's life. Like, get them a gift the next day. Get them a fucking, you got Amazon, anything, anything she want in the world. You can, you can have it to you in, in 18 hours off Amazon. Don't, just don't buy the dress. Don't go sit, That's be sick, do something. If y'all like, if the real problem here is not like, cause that's the real problem here. The real problem is not like that people don't know whether they should pay or not, or people don't know whether they should get a gift or not, or people don't know whether they should wear the color. It's that you don't know if you like that bitch in the first place. Like, and if that's the case, just write HBD on her Instagram post, like her Instagram story, you know, yes it up in her DMs and then go on about your life. I would absolutely have no problem if one of my friends or one of my friends, quote unquote, was like, you know what? I can't make it. I would be like, cool, do you, sis? Like, I don't really care. Because my last three birthdays were like a dinner and then we did some bullshit. Like, last year we went to um, the fucking trap karaoke, which was fun as fuck. The year before that, my sister threw me a surprise party and her nigga made me these fucking garlic parmesan wings that... To this fucking day, I would fight my own mother over, okay? And then <laughs> that. Um, I think it was the pandemic, so I don't think I did anything in that. So, yeah, like, every fucking year on my birthday, I want to do shit that, like, makes me feel good. And arguing with niggas over money does not make me feel good. Also, I have very limited, like... um. I, I I limit who I allow to see me on my birthday. Like, if we kick it on my birthday, you're related to me or I have been friends with you for 10 years. Like, I, I don't want to invite associates to any place 
that like, and I'm not sure how they're going to react or I'm not sure how they're going to act when we get to this establishment. Um, because that's crazy to me. Like, I don't understand people who like just invite people around just to have like a group of 15 at their event. Like that doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Oh yeah. I'll tell you my best birthday event though. It was actually kind of mid pandemic. It was, so I'm a June baby and you know, me and my friends that I've known since straight up, I'm 35 for those who don't know. But, uh, I, I had a, I have a group of friends that I met between like ages, like 18 and 22. We've been friends ever since. And they're, they're mostly scattered New York and New Jersey. You know, I'm from the Northeast and every year, one of my boys was like the homeowner of the clique. He would like throw a big barbecue like in August. So for the pandemic year, 2020, June, 2020, uh, he threw it in June and we decided that it was going to be a birthday event for me as well. So, you know, my one friend baked me a cake. We had some barbecue, the pool was present and that's my best birthday of all time. So I, I very much am on the side of like, have your birthday dinner in the fucking house, especially as a bouncer, because I see the way some of y'all act on your birthdays. It gets fucking nutty. It gets absolutely wild. Oh my, as a bouncer, I can't stand a birthday girl. <laughs> I cannot stand a birthday girl. Oh my God. Every time the DJ, where the birthday girls at? They start twerking on the table here. I got to come over, kill the fun. Can you please not twerk on the furniture? Like, I know you're not homeless. Like, I, I know you're not homeless. Please get off the table. Not on the furniture. I know your ass is fat, but like, can you get your fat ass back in the house and do this? Like, yeah, do it on your own couch. Yeah, your own furniture. And that's the thing. As a birthday girl, I also like, as, cause like, I don't know, like when I get drunk and I, if I'm drunk enough, because there's two levels of drunk me, like the first level of drunk me just wants to like dance to Suave Mente all night. And then like the second level of drunk me is like low key a bouncer too. Like I remember one year I was drunk as hell in the club. These two white dudes started fucking fighting and I like broke up this fight drunk as hell in the middle of the club. And like the bouncers like saw the fight start from like across from where they were standing and they come over and they're like shaking my hand because I just broke up a fucking fight in the club. I like got somebody in a damn headlock. I don't know what the fuck was wrong with me. Like I don't work here. I, this place has never given me a W2. Like I, they just get a free labor out of me. And then Especially because, like, I if I'm drunk in a club, I'm keeping these drunk-ass white girls in check. Like, stop fucking throwing shit all over the floor. Especially, like, if it's splashing on me and shit. Additionally, like, why do you need to dance in this big, wide-ass circle? Like, please stay in the little four-by-four square that is appropriate for you to dance in. And then there was another gear where these two white people were, like, making out on top of my friend's back. <laughs> I talk. Why are you going to white spaces? I don't. I live in Wisconsin. <laughs> I don't oh, know okay, what you want me to do. I <laughs> people are always asking that. There it is, right there. There it is. I I have no choice, people. I'm so sorry. Like the black places that I like to go to, my friends don't like to go to because they're so afraid of being shot at. And I'm like, look, if you see the gun, duck. Like, I really don't know what to tell you at this point. Like, if you see it, and we all know that this nigga about to shoot signs. Like, if this nigga say, I got something for you, and then he he got the crazy eyes, he finna air this bitch out, okay? If this nigga lose the fight, and he get up, and he still talking shit, he's gonna fight. Okay? If he gets rejected- I got a, I got a message. 
I got a message for the Wisconsin niggas. Why do you have a gun on you in Wisconsin? Like, what what block are you claiming in Wisconsin that you need to? <laughs> that is- What's the rent out there? Like, do you even need to do crime? You could probably get like a one bedroom for like seven hundred a month in Wisconsin. I don't know what. Why are you doing illegal activities? Like, and work at enterprise car rental. You could get a three bedroom for seven hundred a month in Wisconsin. Mm. Here, this, I I don't know. <laughs> the, I don't know where the animosity is coming from either. Like at this point, and this is the thing. Like, I I live in the part of Wisconsin that's like. The, the city I live in is the most segregated city in the entire United States of America. And considering how many cities are in the U.S., like, this is an accomplishment. So, yeah, I don't, niggas be having guns on them. They be claiming these blocks that they don't own any fucking property on. And then, you know, they go to these establishments and they just want to shoot each other. And then, you know, civilians get caught in the crossfire. Literally the other day. Thankfully, I was not out there, but like the popular area where people go out, there was a fucking police chase. The nigga got out of the car, started shooting at the police, the police shooting at him. They done shot some random bitch that's at a bar. She just trying to live her life. You know, she got a mango white claw on her hand and now she got a bullet in her shoulder. Like that was not on her bingo card for the evening. Like she she was not preparing to be shot by some crazy nigga fleeing the police. That's just the kind of stuff that happens specifically in the city that I live in. And it's getting crazy. But also, like, I ain't got no options. So I, I just have to learn how to, like, deal with the white people that are in my area. But you know what? As a as a side note, um, I want to talk about how, you know, they be, niggas be talking about women and, like, going to birthday dinners and shit and, like, doing this basic ass shit. But I last night I was at the fucking bar with my best friend and every single solitary nigga I saw there was there with a white girl that had on the same motherfucking outfit. And y'all know what that fucking outfit is. It's jeans, a dusty-ass crop top, some dirty-ass Air Force Ones, and that little fucking crossbody bag they wear to every fucking special event they go to, okay? And y'all talking about black women? Oh, well, all they want to do is put on makeup and go to birthday dinners. Okay, well, white women have been wearing the same fucking outfit since 1993. Why don't we talk about that? <laughs> I would say it's more like 2015, that, that uh, the Dirty Nikes that's been uh, in vogue for the white ladies. I can't really get too mad at a, at a black man dating a white woman if you live in Wisconsin. I mean, I don't know shit about Wisconsin. I didn't know that black people were there at all until you. <laughs> so I also didn't know there was gang violence. And I said the same thing for Detroit niggas. I mean, not as far as the women goes, but as far as the gang violence. Rent is so cheap here. My rent is $800 a month. I mean, I live in a tiny ass studio, but I also live downtown. Like... Down, like, I live in the most expensive part of the goddamn city, and I still only pay eight hundred. And I'm I'm gravy here. If you if you go fifteen ten minutes out, you can also get a, a one bed a three bedroom for probably like a thousand tops. And again, I don't know what these niggas are doing doing all this illegal activity. Again, you could have really afford a whole fucking house off the cost of. I seen a fucking pizza place the other day had a sign saying it was paying twenty dollars an hour, like. For pizza. <laughs> so flip some dough. Man. No, not flipping a pack. Flipping some, flipping some dough. Man. And, and it's crazy, too, because I don't even know how like the drug dealers even survive out here. Because most people don't even trust Detroit drugs. So, like, how you, I know you broke. I don't trust Wisconsin drug dealers either. Like, I'm always weary that these Wisconsin drug dealers just don't know what the fuck they're doing. And additionally, like, it's much more expensive because, like, I live super close to Chicago and like you can go buy weed at a dispensary in Chicago, but like I am not spending $40 on one pre-roll blunt. Like you can kiss my whole ass with those prices, but 
yeah, Wisconsin drug dealers be broke because they always out. They they always try to give you a discount if you fine. So I'm like, these are just bad business models. Cause yeah, her ass is fat, but that does not mean she should not be paying thirty five for the three five. Like, why are you trying to give it to her for ten? You're not gonna make any fucking money like that, okay? And then. They want to be like, then they never want to respond. They never want to show up when they say they're going to show up. And additionally, like Wisconsin drug dealers, they not about shit. Like, you know, the, if the guy you buy meth from, he's probably, you know, an IT help desk specialist and, you know, this is his side job. So he can pay off the, the, the Volkswagen he bought in 2016. Like these niggas are not on no, like, real like i'm serving these fiends type shit they're just doing this because you know they've got a car note or maybe they're trying to pay off their student loans like these fucking wisconsin drug dealers ain't bell shit like you they're not and it's really sad to say additionally like the niggas in wisconsin like because i the area i'm in this is where all the niggas are at like there's black people kind of sparsely spread out through the rest of the state, but most of the black people are here. And we all kind of do the same shit. Like we all run into each other at the same places. And while I I see your point to like, I don't blame you if you're dating a white girl in Wisconsin, but I do blame these niggas that date white women in Wisconsin because where are you finding them? Okay. If you are a black man and you live in the city that I live in, you probably live on the same side of town as me. And white people don't even like, if they have to run an errand over here, they just kind of like slow their car down and want you to like toss their shit through the window. Like they don't get out. They door dashing. Yeah. Like they're not going there. They're not coming over here. So where are you finding them? And also like, it'd be so funny when I'd be like in these bars and I see these hood ass dudes like fucking around with these like college girls that are here, you know, after their fucking econ class. Like, what do you have in common with her? Like, are you banking on her going to law school so that if you get incarcerated, the bitch can get you a plea deal? Like, what what is the connection? What is the mutual understanding that you have with this girl who's wearing like that a full Lululemon? She wants outfit? to fuck. She and wants to fuck Polo G and you're the next best thing, you know? You know what? That's true. <laughs> that is very true. Like these white girls, they listen to like Key Glock, they listen to Polo G, they listen to like all this hood ass shit. And they're like, you know what? I wish I could fuck a guy like that. And these niggas are definitely taking advantage of this. But I just have a message for you, white girls. Stop fucking these dusty ass niggas and they're geeking their head up and be like, yeah, that's why I fuck with white girls because, you know, they do this and they do that. And I'm like, the niggas that you're fucking, the niggas that are getting on the internet talking about that's why I fuck with white girls, baby, they couldn't touch us with a 10 foot pole, okay? Now they feel all confident because they fucking with white girls and they're like, well, you know, I I got my position anyway. Like, yeah, babe. And if you ever tried to holler at a black woman, we're calling the authorities. All right. You're getting pepper sprayed (laughs) because you're also can I I just say something about that? Like, I I mean, I haven't heard anyone say like white girls do more in quite a while. But if you are a nigga still jacking that, if you're white girls do this, white girls, they don't. Black women do everything for black men. The same way white women do everything for white men. Uh, people, there is a, you know, an ancestral kind of thing going on. Like, people are always going to fuck with their people the heaviest. Um, you might have some breathing room in that as a black person to, like, dip into other POC, maybe, depending on what they are. Maybe, like, a Hispanic woman. But, like, you might get the same energy as a black woman. But for the most part, like, a black woman is always going to do the most for a black man in the same way uh, an Asian woman is going to do the most for the Asian man. You know, not to get on my Dr. Umar shit, but like, 
and like I, I was hearing somebody say, not recently, but it was like, oh, white girls are freakier. Well, they are not. Uh, <laughs> not even by a long shot, they are not. And even these black women who be like, I would never do this for a man or hoochie daddies are gay. No, 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 no. They they might say that on the internet for views. Uh, they're, they're, they just haven't met that nigga yet. That nigga is typically me. <laughs> and they will do it all for me. I don't have my toes sucked by black women, so don't ever say <laughs> that they wow. ain't quote-unquote freaky enough. See, and that is a good pivot because, you know, birthday dinners, events, bars, and clubs, you know, that's just going to be what it be. Here's another ambush question. Has a bitch ever ate your ass? Yeah, that's 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 regular. <laughs> that's so crazy. I love an eater. And that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of times, like, especially when we have the conversation about masculinity, like a lot of black men, like, because I went to, do you watch, I think I've asked you this before, but you don't watch P-Valley, right? I have not watched it. Yet. Uh, I thought it was a reality show. No, this. Oh my god. Okay, I I, I won't explain because it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna become a side conversation. Yeah, I know it's like stripper stuff, and it's like a, a hood drama sort of. Yeah, there's like rappers and like yes, but so the guy who is on P Valley, he did like a talk at the film. I went to the film festival last night with one of my with my friend and my sister. And, like, he was talking about, like, you know, how the, like, playing in this role, because he's, like, a rapper, but he's also, like, gay, but he's also on the DL, um, has, like, and expanded his own perspective of, like, masculinity. And I think, like, especially for, like, Black men, like, the, the, brava- the masculine bravada, like, means that, like, even if you're doing, like, weird shit with a woman, like, niggas will still call you gay. Like, oh, you 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 let a bitch play in your ass, that's gay. And I'm like, how is it gay if a bitch is doing it? Like, if it's a bitch that's sucking your toes and in your ass, like, and this is what I be saying, because I be talk I be telling people this all the time. Like, it's all about communication. Like, if you want a nigga to smack your head against the wall and break your TV, like, he's not gonna know that he can do that unless you fucking communicate. Like, you gotta tell him, like, oh, like I want you to like, you know, get naked and like roll around in Febreze on the bed so you can smell like lavender and shit. Like no nigga is ever going to guess that. Like that's not on the bingo card. Like you got to say the shit that you want. And the same goes for men. Like if you want a bitch to lick their cheeks, like you got to say that shit. And like the thing about it is that like if you were, if you straight up said like, you know, maybe I want like a man to suck my dick like okay we can have the conversation about like the spectrum of sexuality and how you can really do whatever the fuck you want but i also think breaking down this whole idea that you know like masculinity means that you can't let no bitch lick your toes is very restrictive like as a woman i can ask my nigga to do a lot of wild nasty and mildly violent things to me and nobody's ever gonna question me they're gonna be like oh yeah you know, my, my, my nigga, you know, dropped down with a wrestling elbow on me last week. That shit got me wet in the panties. Like, and nobody's going to say anything about it. So I think the same, it should be the same for men. Like literally I, like when I said last week on the podcast that like gender and sexuality are both spectrums that you can exist on without having to stay in one label or the other. Like, even if you're like, 
I'm a heterosexual male. The only thing that would make you a non-heterosexual male is being romantically attracted to people who don't identify as female. That's it. That's the only thing. It's not getting your toes licked. It's not getting your ass ate. You know, it's not, you know, putting on a My Little Pony costume and hopping around the bedroom. Like, it's none of that, okay? It's having sex with men. That's it. And and even if you were having sex with men, that's okay too. Like sexuality is a colorful spectrum. Like I, I I want more men to like dive into that. I seen a TikTok the other day where this guy was saying that he's like, I think like if there was no rules in society, most people would be somewhere deep on the queer spectrum openly. Because he's like he's like and, I, and she's like I wouldn't have said this if I didn't have a podcast because the amount of people I get reaching out to me with dark deep stories about how they you know dated a, a man in college. Or they, you know, had a gay experience and they aren't, they aren't telling nobody. He's like, I'm getting dozens upon dozens of messages like this a day from people who they're they're doing this on on Instagram. So you go to their Instagram, you see, oh, he's dating, you know, some Indian girl and they've been together for four years. Meanwhile, the Instagram DM is like, I slept with a man last night. What? <laughs> exactly. And he's like, he's like, he's like, if this was a like, I, I think for me too is like, I can openly say that I am heterosexual because like I just I've tried to be gayer <laughs> like I I like sex more than anything and I just have been like damn it would be crazy if I could like be bisexual and like have sexual experiences with men and, and like have like threesomes with like men and women and like not but like niggas disgust me like I just like I, I can't like look at a man and get going you know what I mean I just hey. I've tried I've really tried just to open up if nothing else, like not even romantically, just like my sexual limitations, and like I just can't look at niggas and, and go nowhere. Like I just can't. But if someone were to call me gay, I'm not gonna correct them. Right. Sure, yeah, why not? Fuck? <laughs> like if someone wants to be like, oh, you tiny shorts, you you would you got your nails painted, you must be gay. If you want to believe that, sure. You want to fuck me and find out? <laughs> like, there. Um, I just I can't I can't go there with men. Men are gross. They, body hair. You know what? Men are gross. And that's the thing. Like, I, as um, someone who is, I, I have also really, well, I haven't really experienced a lot of things. And I'm not going to put myself out there like that. Um, but no, like, I, <laughs> men are disgusting. And it takes a lot to, like, look at a man and be like, I could fuck that. Especially because, like, even if you're fine as hell, like, and I have had this experience where, like, a nigga is fine, like, tall dreadheaded like chocolate because i'm also like a little uh reverse colorist and i don't date a lot of light-skinned men but um <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry black people I am i chocolate by the way i don't i don't know where i because I, I, I never heard the whole brown skin thing so relatively recently and i've always thought, thought i was dark skin but everyone's like you're brown skin you're brown skin and in the winter people are like Somebody said on TikTok I look like Drake, and I was just like, I'm not that you're yellow by any means, even in the winter. Am I chocolate? Am I giving chocolate right now? You're, you are giving Is mocha. it milk chocolate? No, you're giving mocha. Like, you're definitely giving mocha. Because I would say, okay. like, no I'm, I am, like, because the spectrum of dark skin is a little different, because, like, I am a dark skin person, but I am not, like, and I am, like, the darkest person in my family because I got a yellow mama and I got a chocolate daddy. And um, so I'm the darkest person in my family, but I am not, like, by any means, like, you know, the darkest shade of black that there is. And that's what I like. I like niggas that are, like, very dark, very chocolate, you know, giving dark mocha, giving a little 
salted a Even burner boy. Yes. That is my type. <laughs> that it really is. And I like, and I don't really like them tall. Like I like mid height niggas, like a good five, seven, five, eight type shit. Can you, can you say that louder on the internet, please? Because yeah. I need these, these niggas under five, nine to shut the fuck up about, well, as long as tall, you know, yes, y'all. like I, there's, there's a place for you in the world. I don't, I'm not, I'm not really into tall guys like that. I never have been like every, if anybody has ever seen, and this is the thing because I'm a CIA agent, nobody has ever seen a lot of the niggas that I fucked with. But if you like lined them up, they not tall. There's one nigga that is six six and never again. Okay. Never. But yeah. You have the dick laying on your shoulder. <laughs> I'm five three, y'all. What the fuck I'ma do? You fucking six six. Like, no, that it doesn't work for me. Like you're too tall, all right. But no, so like I've had many experiences where I'm like, this nigga, like, you know, he had good five, seven, five, eight locks, just dark chocolate. And the second he opens his mouth, he has talked himself out of the pussy. Like, I I wouldn't even fuck you if I got paid to do it. Like, that's what happens with men. Like, a lot of times they like, they're fine. And you know, the sexual attraction is there because they're attractive people but they have vile personalities. And now I feel disgusted with myself if I would fuck you. Like I would just feel, and I, I don't want to do that to myself. Like me and my conscience, like we have meetings every once in a while and we talk about why the fuck did you, why did you talk to that dude? Why did you give him Okay, why where's your self-esteem? Where is your where is it? Like where are your morals? Where are your values? Because some of these niggas was just pretty. Some of them were crazy. Some of them are no, they're just yeah, I I don't see it. But like those same men will be like, cause they're oh man, and I talked about this nigga on the damn um <laughs> on the dating horror stories episode, the Jamaican. Okay, now the Jamaican, he, like, when I tell you he had no fucking problem asking me to do the shit that he wanted to try, that he fucking saw on, like, the internet and shit, like, he, like, well, I want to do this and I want to do this, like, when I tell you he did not give a fuck where, like, what kind of experience it was, like, if he wanted to do it, he was fucking, like, texting me a picture of what it fucking looked like, and he's, like, I'll be there in 30 minutes, and I'm, like, I have a job. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know why you are available, but that nigga, like, let me just tell you that there's no, nothing exists to him. Like he doesn't give a fuck if niggas are calling him gay. He doesn't give a fuck if niggas are like, well, I, I wouldn't, as a man, I wouldn't do that kind of shit. Like that nigga, he didn't care. And I love that for him. Like, I love a guy that's like, you know what? Let me, let me try this nasty ass shit with the woman that I am dealing with because like, how how is how can that be perceived as anything other than what it is? Amen. And I'll say this too about my my uh about just like my sexuality in general. On the opposite end of it, like I'm grossed out by men, but I love women. And I not just like fuck, like obviously, you know, I find women attractive, like an absorbent amount, like, but I'm just fat, like women are just, in my opinion vastly more interesting than most men well i think mostly because they let themselves be interesting uh i feel like obviously you know you have this person that like not only do i want to have sex with you and drink your titty sweat but like 
also like you are living a whole different experience than I am. Like I'm never going to know what life is like as a person who is five, three, or as a person who is a woman or as a person who has big breasts or big hips or like, you know, grew up, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm fascinated by people in general, but like when it comes to women, it's like, like if a guy tells me a story and a guy looks similar to me or lives the same lived experience as me as a man, that story is not interesting to me because I already, like, I already know how it's going to go. You, you were, you were a black man, you were dealing with a white man in a corporate job and okay, I, tell me the story. I know how it's going to end because I lived that life. Or if you're a white guy and you're dealing with another white guy and this thing happened. Okay. I, I heard that story before, but like with a woman, there's always twists and turns and peaks and valleys and, and everything they say. And like, I'm just fascinated by all of it, which is why I'm pretty good at not talking myself out of the pussy because I'm here to listen. <laughs> like yes. I have gotten whole women in love with me just because I let them talk for absorbing them most of the time. Cause they had a lot to say and I wanted to hear it genuinely wanted to hear it. And I wanted to hear it to fuck them. And I wanted to hear it cause they were bad just cause like, and I've always been like that, even since high school when I was getting no pussy, like I would just, like girls would just talk and I would just sit there like attentive. Even girls I didn't find attractive, just like, oh yeah, wow, that's really interesting. I've always had, I've always lived by the saying, you do not know a man until you've seen his text to a woman because Ciao. I've seen so many niggas put on the coolest front of, you know, fuck bitches get money. I'm I'm hearing voice notes of them crying. Don't <laughs> or, even get me money. Or girls on two dates with don't even get me motherfucking started. It's whole niggas out here that they, the stories they tell they niggas, oh, Sierra was on my body. She was depressing me. She couldn't get enough. Meanwhile, I got fucking voicemails of them same niggas singing me Jagged Edge, Let's Get Married. Come on now. Let's not lie to these niggas. <laughs> I fuck whole fucking voice notes talking about some. Oh, when are you gonna let me take care of you? When are you gonna let me get you everything you deserve? Oh, really? Oh, but you don't fuck with me like that. I was I was pressing you for the dick. Additionally, because it's a it's a whole ass nigga, and he's one of my friends. So if he's listening to this podcast, he's gonna know who the fuck he is. Whole ass nigga been in a relationship with a bitch for fucking years. Any chance he gets, he's on my fucking body. Talking about some, well, when I come back to this city, you should let me fuck you. Like, oh, really? Oh, but you don't cheat on your bitch. Oh, but you're in my messages. Talking about some, oh, well, when you start giving niggas a chance again, let me know. Oh, 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 but you're faithful. But you're committed. But you're dedicated. Oh, don't get me fucking started. Because these niggas definitely, that's definitely very true. Because I know whole yeah, like when you. Yeah, when you deal with women, you also find out more about men. When you deal with men, you don't really find out much about the man himself or men in general. But when you deal with women and you hear about men, you're like, wow, like, I can't believe like that nigga was on that shit. Or, I can't believe this nigga did that. Or I can't believe niggas in general do this, that, and the third. Like, it's, and it's, it's, like I said, I, I love a story. So, you know, I just, I just implore niggas to be themselves. A lot more because you will only you will, you'll only win by being yourself. You'll really only Never. win. Like even like may, like maybe like somebody might curve you because you're doing the hip dance at the, at the club or whatever. But like that woman didn't deserve you to begin with. <laughs> like do a little hip dance, cry in public a little bit. Let let niggas clown you. Let me tell you something. I had a breakup. So my thing is like I really don't get along with men unless like I said, my boys that I, I talked about earlier that I've been friends with them for 20 years, a lot of these niggas are incredibly macho. Like, I'm the I'm the butterfly of the clique. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't like sports, I, but they're all, like, macho, like, misogynist. But, like, 
when I, you know, was going through like a really bad breakup a few years ago or like a year and a half ago, like, I was on the phone crying with these niggas. Like, like I was, like I was dehydrating. <laughs> like I was, and and these dudes had my back, and it's like, I'm, I, they had my back because I, you know, established so much time and so much effort with right. these men. But it's like the standard nigga. Like I should be able to cry about a woman in front of the the standard man. <laughs> like should. I shouldn't have a nigga I know for six months tell me, yo, just you man up, you you fine, nigga, you get some more pussy out there, bro. You know that don't work. <laughs> you know that ain't. Because I'm very much not a fan of the whole like. You got to fuck somebody. You got to get on top of somebody to get over somebody else. Like, no, that's the last thing I want to do if I'm really going through it to, to, to get some, to make somebody else come. Like, no, <laughs> like that's not even remotely going to do it. But that's what the standard man will tell you unless you really know that nigga's body. He really knows yours. But I mean, I feel like there should be brotherhood amongst men. But the thing is, when you do that, then you get the Andrew Tate of the world who are like, yeah. let's unite under this umbrella of like men need rights. Like, yeah, sure, but like, because the, the whole Andrew Tate like thing is that like, like he has said on on Fresh and Fit, I saw he was dominated my YouTube reels for a while, so I've seen a lot of Andrew Tate content. <laughs> but um, he said on Fresh and Fit, he was like, you know, women say that we're oppressors, whatever, but it's like a lot. The average man is not working his fucking Amazon job for fifteen bucks an hour so he can go out and oppress bitches. He's he's working that so he can support his family or so we could take these girls on dates and one day have a family. Ah, and you like you know it's one of those broken clock is right twice a day kind of things where like a yeah. lot of dudes in the comments were like, yeah, like I won't remember representation. Like I'm not trying to oppress women, but it's like, but now you're acting like women are the enemy. So you're you're uniting under this flag of women are the enemy with other men while still trying to get women, bro. Like it don't make no sense. That is the problem. Fuck your bros if that's the case. That's the problem. And that's what I be saying. Like, if you want to continue to perform your masculinity for the benefit of other men, you can have sex with those men and then you can leave women completely out of the equation. And on and honestly, when I tell you women wouldn't even bat a single fucking eye, I don't care. Like, and I think a lot of times because like I'm a comment goblin on TikTok, so I just like to argue with people in my spare time. So um, I have gotten into multiple like like 10 fucking response arguments with men who look like they haven't felt the touch of a woman in 15 years talking about some, yeah, like a, a man, a woman is an investment and, you know, they can't be, you know, it starts to depreciate if they got baggage. And I'm like, because a woman is a Nissan Altima, like you drive it off the lot and the value depreciates by 30%. Like, I don't understand this analogy. Like, I don't fucking get it. And every fucking, even the most masculine ass fucking niggas I know, if they're like fucking with a bitch that's like, even on like a sexual front, like if they feel like they've been like sexually liberated, like will sing this woman's praises until the day they fucking perish. Like, I have never... No, like, especially within proximity to me, because I got a lot of hood nigga friends. So every single solitary one of these niggas has fucked with a bitch who has, like, changed his fucking life. And it has changed his perspective on women. Like, I, I, I be like the Andrew Tate and stuff like that. While I enjoy watching chaos online, 
it is not like representative of my real life. Like I don't fucking know niggas that like wouldn't be comfortable like asking a bitch to lick his ass. Like I don't know any men like that because I don't want to know any men like that. And I have like friends that are like queer curious. So maybe they do fuck around with men. Maybe they do, you know, want to fuck around with people who are not on the gender identity spectrum because that's what works for them. And fucking additionally, like I really want to know like, how does somebody's perception of you like impact you as a grown person? Like, that's what I'm saying, bro. Oh, specifically because I paint like, my nails, yeah, I, all the time, and like the amount of questions I get about why I, I was. I mean, if I if I have time to chat, I would be like, because I'm black and we're the most colorful and creative people in the universe. Why why would I not throw a dash of color in my life? <laughs> you know what I'm, I already yeah, work a corporate yeah. job and yeah. don't give a shit. So why do I give a shit? The job that pays me don't care. So. Yeah. <laughs> so why do you like you know what i mean and it's like i don't know like niggas just need to 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 just i mean black people i'm not really speaking to white people when i'm talking here but like Same. black people in general just need to unite under an umbrella of that like we are all out for our for the wellness of each other and it's like when you when you say oh a girl got kids therefore no fuck, that that woman had experiences in life and she has gathered stories and had things happen to her and like you should be there to like help her or at least you know be an ear to listen to do you know the amount of women who like are we're never gonna have sex like they live in fucking honolulu or something we're never gonna fuck and they will just sit and talk to me about their fucking day i'm i'm playing therapist to to half of tiktok at this point (laughs) it's like look like and and as as i should as we all should because these, these women don't have places to go to vent their frustrations about men or to vent yeah. their and it's just like we all need to be like looking out for each excuse me each other and we do we we we, we start this war i really do blame kevin samuels because i feel like i feel yeah, like these, these conversations were already being had before him but like he really like he derailed there was like a, a white community like that like the white people had this this whole masculine feminine shit like on lock for a long time like the, the reddit incel communities or the even before reddit even like, like you would you would you would bump into these conversations with like nerds on like aol chat rooms and dial-up days the white niggas had this on lock and then suddenly here comes kevin samuels like you're you're a seven what do you mean you're a ten and then here comes the niggas who who I, you know what it is i think the being incel as a white person was tied to also like video games and Dungeons and Dragons right. and like niggas didn't niggas didn't really fuck with that like they were being incels while watching the Lakers wondering like like getting mad at the cheerleaders like I'm about she's gonna get pregnant by fucking LeBron that whore you know what I mean <laughs> so when Kevin Samuels when Kevin Samuels brought the black men together to be shit they 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 came together swiftly so quickly and that's the thing like I think we were having like like you said, a lot of those conversations were existing already. And then like he derailed them because like he made them feel emboldened with those like low key secret thoughts that they already had. Like a lot of niggas like have the thoughts of like, oh, well, you know, bitches with kids are low value and bitches who are overweight are low value. They had those thoughts already. And they, they, they kept it to themselves because like most of the time, you know, you say this shit to like real ass people, you get pressed. But you know, in the Kevin Samuels community, like, these are all thoughts that are welcome. And then, like, now it has created additional spaces for, like, men to feel like these opinions are valid. And the thing is, because I think, like, at the end of the day, like, um, you know, your worth and your value as a person is contingent solely on your existence. Like, you, there's no contingencies, there's no caveats, nothing. You don't have to do anything additional to be worthy 
or, you know, um, deserving of like love or care of, or affection of anything unless you're white and then there's nothing I can do for you. But um, so like, I, I think that, that that conversation got derailed because a lot of black men, because what they seek is not like, you know, powerful positions in relationship, they want proximity to whiteness. Like they want to be treated like a white man. That's why they participate in these conversations. So they're like, and they see white men doing it. They're like, well, white men get to uh, talk about their women. They get to, you know, act like this and they get to act, they get to be oppressors and they still sit in positions of power. So I want to do that too. And the thing is that it like, I don't understand why, like we want that proximity to whiteness. Like why, why do we want to be them? Why do we want to act like them? Like they're literally savages. And, you know, the white imperialist patriarchy has all trapped you, trapped you all into this false sense of security that, you know, the closer you get to being a white man, the more power you have when the actuality is, the closer you get to, you know, you, you will never have proximity to whiteness and they will always continue to sit in that power because you want it so bad. And that's what I'd be saying. And additionally, as, you know, a non-conventionally looking person who like, you know, is has been called masculine for a, a considerable amount of my life. You know, I'd be on the internet cussing like a sailor. My mama always talk about my podcast is unholy because I swear so much. And, you know, I get a lot of angry men in my Instagram DMs talking about, so, well, don't nobody want to fuck you anyway. And I'm like, well, my iMessages tell a different story. But, you know, I, I don't need the validation of men to sit up here and be like, well, I'm a bad bitch because I'm the baddest bitch alive. And that's just, you know, no question about it. But I think the, the, the different story that is being told by these, you know, understandings of masculinity is that like, is it, it's lopsided because like men are like, you know, well, my masculinity is dependent on the conquering of attractive women and, you know, the the brute force that comes along with masculinity while women, you know, really only want to see masculinity, especially like, cause it's getting a little heteronormative, like cisgender heterosexual women perceive masculinity, you know, as something that, you know, they want to be in partnership with, but they can't because like niggas in their masculinity are fucking crazy. Like the queer community isn't having these fucking conversations. The queer community isn't sitting up here being like, well, uh, if you paint your nails, you're gay. The queer community isn't sitting up here having conversations about like, well, I, I think masculinity should be, uh, you know, men and trucks and violence. And uh, the queer community is not having these conversations. And while, you know, the queer community faces different problems, I think the issue, especially when we're talking about heterosexuality from the pers or masculinity from the perspective of cisgender heterosexual people, it's because like anything outside of that is seen as taboo. And I want us to release from that perspective. Okay. Masculinity does not exist without the, especially in the way that we perceive it, without the white imperialist patriarchy, y'all. I'm going to put my Dr. Umar hat on because I want you to let go of the white man's masculinity. I want you to let it go. I want you to paint your nails. I want you to wear pink shirts. I want you to wear short shorts. I want you to shake your hips in the club. I want you to drink fruity drinks. You know, I want you to... Anything you can think of that somebody would call you gay for, I want you to do it and I want you to... I want you to write down how free you felt afterwards. Cause just sitting up here being sitting up here being hard all day, where's that gonna get you? Shot. That's it. <laughs> Somebody gonna pop and, a and Speaking of being hard, speaking of being hard, I do have one caveat of one thing you said. I don't think everyone is deserving of love. I know because I think love is the most precious thing in the fucking universe. Like I was having this conversation on my podcast at National Meat Treasure, wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um 
it's mostly a comedy podcast, but I do get on my like hippie fucking, you know, bullshit every now and again. And I was saying that like, you know, like it, like it's like like people value money, right? And it's like yes. if push came to fucking shove and the world was fucking over, you can't eat money. You know, you, I'm I'm really a creature of like my basic senses. Like that's why I work out all the time. So like the feel of working out, I like the sweat, I like the endorphins. That's why I like sex so much. That's why I like food so much. Like I like the basic uh, sunlight. You know what I mean? I like the basic human necessities more than anything. And I think love is one of those basic human necessities. But I don't think everyone deserves it because I don't think people can even quantify how precious it is to not only love others, but love yourself, right? Because it's like, like most creatures, like there's a billion different kinds of fucking animals in this world. Most of them, 99% of them have, do, do not know what love is. A bird, will, a bird is born to eat, fucking die. It will never experience love. A cheetah will never experience love. A fucking antelope, you know what I mean? Like these, we're one of the few creatures that can experience that and to be deserving of that, I think you need to do the work because, you know, like money and capitalism and all that, it fucked up, it fucked up that pathway, right? Like we don't value, motherfuckers think they want to fuck bitches. You don't want to fuck bitches. You want a bitch to hold you. You know what I mean? You don't want to, you don't want to get money. You want to, you want to have freedom. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, we have kind of fucked, like lost our way to love. And I think to be deserving of it, you need to be able to feel it within yourself and also for others. A lot of niggas, myself included, very much lack empathy. I'm, I've worked on it throughout the years, but, but like I still get to places where I was like, I don't care about this thing, even though I definitely should. But um, I'm getting there. And I think doing that work is important. And if you give people that like, oh, everybody deserves love. Like, do you love you? Do you know how to love? Do you know what love looks like if you were to receive it? Would you not fuck it up? I've definitely fucked up love when it was right in my face because my immediate thought was like, this is going to run for me. There's something's going to happen and this is going to. So I need to be like, I had a relationship where like I was dating far out of my league. I was, she, you know, we're not going to get into too much about her, but she was the grandest human being that's ever existed with an enormous ass. And, and like, wow, you know, when, when, when she wanted me in my head, I started clicking to do all this like extra hyper masculine shit to make sure that like she stayed and it didn't push her away. We broke up for other reasons, but like in my, like I knew eventually I was going to fuck that love up because I wasn't ready to receive love. And it wasn't until, you know, the last like couple of years where I've really been like working on me and like, you know, like really like getting into a space where I can love and also like know what love looks like for you. Love doesn't have to be this romantic Get, have, have a baby, have a wedding, have a white picket house. Love might be several people, and like niggas will, motherfuckers will love to call you a hoe if you're polyamorous, but it's like, when it comes to polyamory, like you might not even be fucking these people. Like you might just really have like love for them and open lines of communication with them. And like, you know what I mean? Like, what does love look like for you? Does love look like she cooks you meals, or does love look like when you're crying, she gonna hold you down? Does love look like we getting married and having a baby? Like, like, I have one friend who he's married and like he is literally aroused by how good of a mother his wife is. You know what I mean? And they've been together for like eight years. You know what I mean? Like, like, like he, 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 he cries about it sometimes. Like, damn, I'm really, Oh, I love that. For him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like love like that doesn't look like that for me. I already have a kid. Uh, I have a baby mother. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it looks a little different on my side, but like that's up to me to define and not to like, 
because I, I have sat, sat in places in my life where I was like, damn, I really, you know, wish I had a different relationship with my kid's mother, or I wish I felt differently. Because my baby mother is a great mother, but like that that didn't do it for me what it does for him. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so our relationship didn't didn't go that distance, and that's fine. We've I, I had a kid when I was 22. You know what I mean? I'm 35 now. <laughs> so you know that's. I got a whole teenager to deal with, preteen to deal with at this point. So that's a whole different story. But yeah, you know, you just got to figure out like, like love isn't something you deserve. It's something you have to figure out how to deserve and what it looks like for you. And you know what? That's a word. That is really a word. So people, unless you're doing the work, you know, you have to reevaluate whether reevaluate whether you're deserving of love. And if you're white, like we said, we can't help you. So, um, <laughs> absolutely, because I talked about that on like the the up the episode I did to uplift the people. Okay, uh, you I I don't think that a lot a lot of people don't know like what it feels like to be like especially like unconditionally loved by people. Like obviously there are going to be like fixtures in your life that like you receive love from. Like obviously my mama loved me. I mean she don't really like me right now because I owe her a lot of money, but she's not getting it back. <laughs> um, obviously. And like love looks differently for different people. Like I know my parents love me because like they show up for me in every way I need it. You know, I would know if a nigga loved me, if I could get them to act right, which I can't. So well, that's to be continued. If a nigga ever loves me, I'll let y'all know. Um, I know my friends love me because like they do things for me that, you know, I don't have to tell them to do. Like, I think it's like, especially like a very fulfilling kind of love. Like when people like show you love in a way that shows that they listen to you, like, you know, they're not like asking you like, well, what do you want for your birthday? Or like, what kind of like surprise gifts do you like? Like, they're just doing that shit for you. And like, that shows that they love you. And also, I also additionally think to expand on your point that in addition to doing the work and you know working on yourself so that you can also you know give love as you receive love I think you also have to like be aware of like how you are loving people like like because you I could be like you know I could want to like rub on you all day and be in your face all day and like hang out with you all the time but if like that's not the way you receive love then like you're not going to feel it so like you also have to be aware of like the ways that people want to receive love from you like if they tell you they want to spend time with you or they tell you they want like you to be physically affectionate and that's the way they receive love like you have to be cognizant of that like because I fuck with a lot of niggas like who like their literal only love language is physical touch like they don't want anything else they just want to be touched. I think it's weird. I think PDA is strange. I also think, like, why do you want to be so close to me? But maybe that's why don't nobody love me because I. <laughs> that's fine. But I like, love some PDA. You wild for that one. I am. Well, I don't like. I have slapped away so many niggas' hands because don't touch me. Like, why are you so close to me? Like, we're this is a, we're this is a public establishment. All right, we don't need to do that. Niggas, he was fucking with. Did you see that 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 one video? It's like the dude like just rubbing on the girl's titties in that, in a restaurant. No, but that sounds awful. Oh, it's off of me. Yeah, it's like this black couple, and the, the girl is wearing this, like, I don't really know what the top looks like, but her city's out. And he's just, like, Three. she's, like, laying in his lap, kind of, and he's just, like, all up in it. <laughs> and I love there's so many comments under that thing, like, this is inappropriate for public. And I'm just, like, I don't give a fuck about, if I'm out with my, with my girl, and 
hell, it don't even have to be my girl for real. It could just be like somebody I'm sleeping with. Like that's how I feel. Like I'm doing that in public every time. I love to make people uncomfortable. See, and that's the thing. That doesn't work for me specifically because I'm always hot and my titties are always sweating. So now you're just like rubbing the sweat around and I don't appreciate that. Um, boob sweat is the spice of life. It's the sweet and broke. If I could have a shot of boob sweat every morning, I'd be a better man. I, I might start growing again. I, I'd finally hit that six one. I always want to No, please. I Jesus, I can't. No, maybe. And you know, maybe now that I am older and I am like in spaces where like maybe I'll be in a relationship with a nigga, maybe I won't. Like maybe I'll let a nigga like rub my shoulder in public. We're gonna have to start slow because. Uh, <laughs> That's a whole lot. Like I like I'll me and a nigga will be in my actual home, like my private domicile. And like you gotta sit on the other side of the couch because you're way too close to me right now. It's it's a learning process. I remember there so I take a, a billion different kinds of vitamins. In a different life I would have been a pharmacologist, but um there was one supplement I took, Yohimbine. And it's like from some plant root and like the advertised effect of this of this root was to uh it like stops androgen receptors so like you uh you like lose fat and like hard to reach places okay. or and you also and it's also an appetite suppressant so like so i took it and i get this supplement and this is like so i didn't read what it was, what it was for this is just somebody like on youtube this is like you know early fitness days like 2000 11 or something like that so like this guy on youtube said this thing and i was like i'm gonna wasn't even, it wasn't even YouTube. It was before YouTube. It was like, well, before I knew about YouTube, really. And it was like, all right, I'm going to buy this thing. So I get this thing, and then it says, like, aphrodisiac on it. And I'm like, it doesn't say shit about suppressing no kind of androgen receptors or nothing. So I take it, and me and this girl are going at it. Keep in mind, like, at this point, I'm, like, 24. So I am already have a high sex drive, and I'm 24. So I'm going at it. We're going at it. We're going at it. And then I, I can't sleep when I'm hot. But and she had slept over, and she was naked. And I remember sleeping, like we had just marathoned it all day. And I remember sleeping thinking, oh, I'm so hot, I can't fall asleep. And she was like dead knocked out. And I was like, I can't wait to wake up to the titty sweat. And I was like, damn, I need to stop taking this shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm too piped up. Like if I'm just sitting, waiting to dream about titty sweat, then waiting to, wa- waiting to wake up to it, like it's Christmas morning, like I'm... I'm not going to get nothing done in my life if I keep taking this up. Never. <laughs> Never. You're like a fiend. Oh, my God. No. I don't. That's the other thing. I don't. Look, I'm very strange. Like, I don't like to be touched when I sleep. I, I don't like to be, like, so if you're, like, trying to cuddle me, I might elbow you on purpose. Like, I don't like to be touched when I sleep. I really don't like it when, like, people are too close to me in my own bed. Like, please stay on the other side of this line. I also, like, I don't like the feel of other people's feet. So, like, that's why I really don't like to be, like, close to people because I'm like, if your feet touch my feet, like, we're going to get it on and popping. Like, I'm going to hit you. And I'm working on this. Um, and and the, my and my therapist and I, our working theory is because I got a touchy-feely ass mama. So my entire fucking, even as a fucking grown-ass woman today, if I'm at my mother's house, like, and I'm, like, sitting on the couch, she will purposefully come over to me and just, like, start giving me a neck massage. And I'm like, girl, like, come on. Like, give me some face. Damn. My mother never even gave me a, my mother gave me a hug once because she was going through a breakup and she was in the living room, candles lit, wine drunk. 
And she was like crying, like, oh, I will always love my sons. And we don't talk no more. So wow. I'll take your mom. Uh, <laughs> my mother is very, t- my, both of my parents are like, my, my I have very touchy feely parents. Like if I'm sitting on the couch, like my mother's favorite thing in the world is to like rub her children's forehead and she will just be rubbing my forehead. And I'm like, I, I need a break, mama. Like I need you to pause for like 30 fucking seconds. So maybe that's why I don't like men touching me because I'm like, my mama touches me enough. Like, all right, I, I, I can't have everybody trying to rub on my forehead all the time. It's overstimulating. All right. I have anxiety. Well, and I'm, I'm coming to Thanksgiving for the temple rubs. And she will happily give them out. Okay. Any new people want to <laughs> sign up for temple rubs for my mama, she's got a waiting list. All right. So go ahead and hop on it before the new year. But yeah, I think the the key points here, people, are first, do the work so you can be deserving of giving and receiving love. Second, you should probably go to therapy. Three, stop going to events with people you don't like. And four, like, if you're white, there's nothing we can do for you. And I feel like I really need to reinforce that because white people be in my Instagram messages and they're like, well... Why do you think white people are the enemy? And that's one, because they are. And two, because they have done nothing to position themselves as not the enemy. So we are talking to black people here, y'all. That's it. We, we talking to black people, okay? It's in the title. <laughs> that's it. We're talking to black If you're white and listening, it's just for educational purposes, all right? You don't have to chime in. Yeah. It's just, pretend you're watching National Geographic, okay? Just be like, wow. Those... <laughs> Look at them. Look at those African-Americans talk. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay but yes sasha thank you so much for joining me on episode 22 did i say of the podcast where can people find you again if you didn't catch his shameless plugs throughout the episode <laughs> uh i host the podcast at national meat treasure it's just a. Uh... Just our friends and i just talking about whatever fucking comes to mind i feel like there's not a lot of black spaces where people just talk about bullshit and it doesn't devolve into dating. The other two guys are married, so they have nothing to say about women except good things. Uh, also follow me on Instagram at thin.cruel.lips and TikTok at thin.cruel.lips. I'm, I feel like I'm finally figuring out the TikTok thing. I feel like I've been stuck at like 39,000 followers for a while. I just said 40,000 mark. So okay. yeah, tap in there to also see me talk about absolutely nothing, but I'm really cute doing it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, that's what I'm saying, y'all. Upper titty, it be out. Every single solitary TikTok. So <laughs> go check it out. And the National Meat Treasure podcast is great, ladies, because it's men talking about men's business. And that's what we want. That's what we've been asking for <laughs> for the longest. Okay. So in case you forgot what the message of today's podcast is, it's just stay black. And that's it. I really don't have anything additional to add to that. 